See this episode's show notes for our unique promo code to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful stats and all the support you need to sound your very best. Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, uh, artist, former artist of Moon Knight, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. You are listening to episode 305, and you are with your high priest, Akonchu Ray. Hello, everybody. And uh, a little bit of a, a later release of an episode. I must apologize. Um, was a little bit under the weather, um, coughing a little bit, uh, as well as work. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure many of you know work has just been... In your respective works, it can be so unrelenting. So things have been quite busy. Uh, podcasting has been, unfortunately, uh, been put on the back burner. But I am here now. I'm very excited. Wanted to release this. Uh, and it was for a waxing gibbous. So you might see up in the night sky. It's no longer a waxing gibbous. I think it's a full moon, actually. But I wanted to keep with the original date set for this. Um, so that was a waxing gibbous, and that means we are in for an other side of the moon, meaning uh, it's a chance to look at other works by Moon Knight alumni. Um, so whether it is, you know, Doug Mensch or Greg Smallwood or, um, you know, David Finch, Shirley Houston uh, or Declan Shelby, uh, now's an opportunity to actually, you know, broaden our scope a bit. So this isn't really directly a, a Moon Knight episode, but it will be on Old Dog from Image Comics, written and drawn by Declan Shalvey. So many of you, of course, will know Declan's work from the 2014-2015 uh, run with Warren Ellis. Um, so yeah, that, this is exciting. Uh, others would know that I think our last Other Side of the Moon, we did do another Declan Shalvey uh, book, which was an OGN. I think it was Bog Bodies, and it had Sparky Malarkey um, joining me for that one. So uh, I don't know. I, I picked this one. It just coincidentally happened to be Declan Shalvey again. I wanted to try something new and review like a, a new release for an Other Side of the Moon. So in hindsight, I could have gone for anything. I could have gone for Jed McKay's Iron Cat, which I'm enjoying so much at the moment. Or it could be on Strange, which I absolutely love too. The recent issue by Jed McKay, I think it was issue six, I believe. It was a, a Wong-centric issue, which was uh, you know just fantastic. Um, but I've been looking forward to Old Dog for a while. I pre-ordered it uh, from my LCS, my comic book store. And it finally dropped, so yeah, I, I just want to just want to chat about it, and we do have some listener feedback as well for that. Before any of that, of course, a big thank you to all our patronies. Thank you so much. Um, you know, around this time, episodes may be released a little bit more sporadically. I do apologise. Uh, 
here in Australia, we are uh, in daylight savings. So it just makes it a little bit harder to coordinate, I guess, with our friends, our fellow loonies over the pond in the US. Uh, I love chatting with fellow loonies there, uh, but the time difference uh, is even greater. So it's either a really, really late start for me and a really, really early start for US um, loonies. Uh, So there might be a couple more rambling ray solo efforts Um, but fear not i think in the next couple of two episodes coming up we do have i have managed to secure some some fine loonies to chat with uh, but a bit more on that later a huge thank you of course to our patronies thank you so much Uh, thanks for sticking with us um you know moon knight is still is still way out there um and it's still as popular as ever um we've got i've got a bit of white noise which i'm I'm sure you'll be very happy to hear Uh, but a big thanks to all our patronies uh, most notably our principal sponsors so our top tier patronies odin odin sword drew tombs daniel doing frank the tank uh, and our gracious sponsors lcz comics from collectors and dreamland comics from schoenberg illinois so by way of white noise let's get into it and there are two bits of white noise i'd like to raise with you my fair loonies the first one being um, i believe the tweet has since been deleted or removed from twitter but some exciting news from the man himself oscar isaac now he stated apparently at new york comic con which was on from Thursday through to the weekend, I believe, just passed. Uh, And he did say, I quote, All I can say is that this isn't the last we've heard of the system that is Moon Knight. Now, isn't that a delicious piece of news for us loonies? It's cryptic enough to mean anything. I mean, the Doubting Thomases would probably say, "Mm, the last we've heard of the system... It doesn't necessarily mean that we will get another season. Maybe he'll be mentioned. You know, maybe his name will be dropped in subsequent TV series by Marvel or the MCU or by some some movies. It might be as little as that. I like to think that it's something more. I like to think that Oscar is indeed off the back of that and that, that Instagram video of uh, Muhammad Diab's daughter that they are indeed in pre-production or at least the the seeds of season two Um, so hopefully that's a bit of good news for all the loonies out there Um, I am certainly looking forward to a season two of Moon Knight a very different Moon Knight as we all know from the comic book iteration and take it as you will i know there are some very dedicated and passionate loonies that weren't big fans of the show i mean fair enough uh, but all i can say is that you know we still have the comics uh, we still love moon knight on the drawn and written page um so you know the tv um, the appearances in the movies for me is a bonus uh, it's not the be all end all uh, we still have him you know rampant in the comics Uh, he's been guest appearing everywhere so great stuff there ahead Uh, the other little bit of news um, i received from my good friend russell 
and I do believe the leaked photo, well, I've seen it about a little bit, um, and it had been leaked through Reddit, um, so in the Reddit forum, I'm not too well versed in, you know, that kind of platform, but a lot of conversations are had, I'm sure, about Moon Knight and such, but uh, it's shown that a re-release or a release of a new Moon Knight figure by Marvel Legends Hasbro will be released shortly, uh, looking very similar to the the Moon Knight Hasbro figure, um, not the Walmart's exclusive white Moon Knight, but the one that came before that, which was part of, I'm going to say it was part of like a spider-man wave um and it had a, a baff of the vulture um, so you'd get parts of the vulture uh very much heavily influenced declan shelby coincidentally a designed costume um i had a look at the it looks very similar to, to me um i do i did see some slight differences most notably in the kind of the belt region and also down his thighs. Um, so in this new version, which is a prototype, the picture of it, uh, it, there are no like there's no white armor, no crescent moons running down the, his thighs. It's just purely black. And then he does have the uh, the shin or calf guards, and of course the the tried and true clogs. What do you call them? Crocs, <laughs> um, bibs and crocs. Uh, also as well, I've noted, um, <clears throat> I do believe in the original, well, when I say the original, the, the older Hasbro figure, it did come with truncheons which could connect to become a staff. From the photo that I've seen of this, uh, it looks like you, you'll get a staff as well as truncheons, as well as a large crescent blade, as well as three crescent darts um so kind of similar to that release before but just a little bit different and of course the packaging and the boxing um, of the figure is very different as well so for the completists in you if you want to grab it um, keep an eye out on your favorite action figure action figure distributors uh, and have a look i'm sure someone will post it up in our facebook community or on twitter or on instagram um, and just keep a close eye on that when that releases Having just described it now, I'm thinking more and more that I might get it myself, just to, I mean, why not? I mean, I've already got duplicates of Moon Knight as an action figure, what's another one? Uh, it's slightly different, it's, I mean, if you split hairs, it's not different enough for me to really justify getting it <coughs> again, other than, <coughs> pardon me, uh, <coughs> the fact that it is, you know, it's a new Moon Knight figure. I mean, we only just got the the Hasbro... Uh, TV show Mr. Knight and Moon Knight as well, which is sitting pretty uh, amongst my collection, which I've I've enjoyed as well. So yeah, a couple of bits of Moon Knight news, uh, which will probably wet your whistle. I should wet my whistle now. I'm a bit a bit coarse. One moment, um, but yeah, uh, make of it what you will, and uh, I'll put something in the show notes for potentially for both of them. Um, if not, go check out our Facebook page, um, Twitter or Instagram for a photo of that Hasbro Legends figure, um, as well as, well, there's not really much I can do on Oscar Isaac's, uh, statement from New York Comic Con, but just believe me. And, and thank you to, 
uh, to the loonies over at Discord, and thank you to Rebecca, I believe, who posted it in our Facebook group as well. Right, well, <clears throat> let us get into our other side of the moon. And for this one, as mentioned, be looking at Image Comics Old Dog Number One. Um, publication date September 28th, 2022. Wasn't that long ago. So we have a writer and artist, Declan Shalvey. Um, we have lettering by Clayton Cowles and edited by Heather Antos. Now, there are a few um, variant covers. So Declan Shelby does cover one or cover the cover A. Um, I picked up, um, I'm not too fussed, I guess. My LCS just um, dropped in my, my pull list, my standing order. Uh, cover B, which is by Marcos Martin. Pretty cool. Uh, it's just got old dog Jack Lynch sitting on a park bench with uh, bloodied hands and bloodied arms and a, a beat-up face uh, feeding pigeons in the park with uh, with corpses littered just behind him. Um, very cool, very evocative. And uh, cover D, so I'm not too sure what cover C is. Cover C may be a blank cover or something, but cover D is by Kevin Nolan. So available in floppy format, uh, which I've picked up as well. Uh, cover price, you know, $3.99. A pretty nice uh, stock of uh, cover, front and back cover for three ninety nine, you know, and pretty good stock, pretty pretty good quality pages as well. Um, so, listeners, I'll treat this just like uh, a typical Moon Knight comic that we review. I will go through some bare bones. Uh, this time, written by yours truly. I don't believe Image Comics have a, a wiki fandom page i couldn't find it so i thought i'd read uh, write it out myself uh, which gives you a a summary of the issue in case you haven't got it but you're still keen to know the story and keen to follow my discussion uh, and then what i'll do is i'll go through some aspects some key moments um, so i've got i guess six main key moments of this issue uh, and you know it ranges everything from writing, art, themes, characterizations, and references. And I will still use the Connishu's rating system to rate this out of 10. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. So let me get started here. Uh, this is Old Dog, The Bare Bones, written by Ray, issue 1. In an undisclosed location, an agent stalks the streets, seemingly unaware that a sniper lurks on the rooftops. Cut to what appears the present, and CIA agents Jack Lynch, Charlie and one other are cooped up in a surveillance van, discussing the merits of their current job and how unfortunate they are in pulling this detail. Back to another time, and what appears to be the younger version of Lynch continues his tracking of an unknown target. He is determined and insists on radio silence with his partner, Shepard. Returning to present day, Lynch finally sees something and alerts his team that there is movement in the building they are surveilling. Charlie and the other agent insist on Lynch staying put inside the van whilst they scope out the activity and instruct him to call for backup if he doesn't hear from them in 10 minutes. In the past, Lynch infiltrates the building and in quick succession incapacitates the guards with lethal force. 
15 minutes have passed in present day and Lynch chooses to investigate the whereabouts of his two teammates instead of calling for backup. Lynch finds one of them dead and Charlie barely alive. Something strange has happened. Charlie looks older, but Lynch pays no heed and grants Charlie's final wish to stop him with the experimental tech. Lynch unveils a massive machine with a masked operative bent on defending the colossal apparatus. Time appears to shift with sound travelling slower than usual. A fight ensues and Lynch manages to destroy the machine causing a massive explosion with him and his assailant at ground zero. Back in the past the young Lynch finds his target but is then shot by the sniper who had been tailing him. The bullet gashes his face. Back to present day and Lynch recovers from a coma that is eight years long. Things aren't normal as his appearance fluctuates from aged to youthful. A covert agency insists Lynch works for them as he is now part of an arms race of an unprecedented kind. Lynch is finally convinced and the issue ends with the Lynch of the past replaced with old dog Lynch. The a wound on his face that came from the sniper bullet remarkably heals in moments and the sniper is revealed to be none other than his own daughter. So there you go. That was Old Dog, issue one by Declan Shalvey. My gosh, what a first issue. That, um... Yeah, so look, overall impressions, I really didn't know what to expect. I'd only seen promo artwork of Old Dog. I didn't know the genre, to be honest. I thought it was going to be, I think I read somewhere that it's just going to be action-filled, potentially hyper-violent, and of course, art by Declan Shelby, so you can't go wrong. I was, um, I guess, first impressions, I was taken aback by the structure of the storytelling, and I'll get to that a bit later. Um, but overall, I, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, it's not your conventional storytelling. I thought I knew how it was going to be framed, but the content and, I, I guess, the twists in the plot... Uh, really threw me and really subverted any of my expectations of what I thought this was going to be. So um, by way of setup issues, because this is obviously we want to establish Jack Lynch, um, it gives it gives enough of his backstory, which, you know, are just juicy, you know, a rife for fleshing out later on. It just kind of hints at stuff, hints at Suzdal, um, and hints at his family being slain, that sort of stuff. He's he's checkered past. Uh, he definitely has. He's an old dog when we kind of see him in the van with his teammates, and he's doing this kind of bullshit detail, which one of them says. It, it's very, like, boring work. He seems to have had more of a, uh, a glory-filled potential past as an agent, um, but, you know, particular events like Suzdal, which he cites... Um, has relegated him to 15 years behind the desk. So something's happened. So that sort of stuff is is a really good tease, I think, from Declan Shalvey. 
Yes, I mean, so this is the one of the first points. I'm going to call it out. Lynch's mysterious past with Suzdal and his family. Now, this kind of informs you a bit later on as well. Number one, we don't know what the hell has happened with Suzdal. It, it, we know it forced him, forced Lynch behind the desk for 15 years. So a uh, potentially highly traumatic, um, devastating incident. I don't even know if Suzdal is uh, like a fictitious you know, uh, country or, or city, or whether it is a person, you know, that sort of stuff we'll figure out, I'm sure, later. But we know that this has had an effect on him, on Lynch, and this is why he is as he is now. Um, pretty much disgruntled, I mean, it establishes it really well at the beginning, uh, in the van. So we have, I, I was looking for his name, he, he doesn't seem to be named, it's Lynch in the van, Charlie, and there's this other guy who seems to be um, one of the more talkative ones, um, talking about how this whole thing is very boring, how he has to work kind of late, he has to pick up his brats, or, or, or uh, drop his brats off to school, um, so a little bit of characterization for that fella there, uh, but yeah, this, he's basically Lynch is pulling some a, a really boring detail, so um, <clears throat> it was good to get that interaction between all three of them, and Charlie even asks him about Suzdal, which kind of gives the reader a glimpse into the past of Jack Lynch. So that was um, quite exciting, and, and I said it was a nice tease for things to come. Hopefully that will be elaborated upon. I'm fairly certain it will be. Um, potentially, look, depending on how long this goes, if not in this first arc, then if, the, if, if this becomes a successful ongoing series, then it might be teased out throughout a length of time. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out, and it kind of links with what my last aspect, and I'm going to jump to it. Uh, again, I will return to it when I get to it. Uh, so it's mentioned that his whole family is gone. They all perished. Like this was part of the reason again why he is as he is as he is. Um, but we see at the end, Lynch has a daughter, and she seems very much alive. Now, again, you could be saying, well, that is, uh, that is those are scenes from the past because it starts off as a younger Jack Lynch, but. I tell you what, like time and stuff really blurs in this, and this is the the thing that I think Shelby injects into this story, which is the the massive point of difference. You know, this on paper this could have been a a, rock, a stock standard kind of spy thriller, um, but by having this real play and manipulation on time, which we do see, um, and I'll get to again shortly. Uh, it really does change everything and how you see everything. Uh, so, yeah, so the first point was a, an establishment of Lynch's mysterious past, which I'm sure we'll understand. And this is what I was getting to. The second big, I think, moment in this issue is after Charlie and the other agent go to investigate the movement in the building, and they tell Lynch, you know, if we're not back in 10 minutes, call for backup. We see Lynch goes, okay, so 5.35 in the morning, I'll call for backup. It's 5.40, so a good 15 minutes have passed, and Lynch decides, hell with this. Like he may have called backup, uh, I don't know, but to hell with this, he goes to check it out himself. And the striking thing here is that we see Charlie 
And this is, again, when I did this on the first read, this is what threw me. I had to kind of like, what? And I actually had to go back a few pages and just make sure that I understand, is this the same Charlie? Um, so in one, like, in one point, I guess there is potential confusion there for the reader um, in, in following what's happening. But if you take the time to really have a look, and, and for some readers it's probably immediately apparent, but um, if you take the time, it, it kind of unravels, like reveals itself to be like pretty much a, a play on time. So Charlie is there, he's dying. If you look at the other agent, um, he was talking about his kids, he was talking about how boring this detail was. Uh, he's dead uh, on the ground, his hair is all grey. At first I thought that was lighting. But you look at Charlie and he's got a full-blown beard. So this is only like moments later. This is like 15 minutes later. So something weird has happened. And again, I call back to... To be fair, I didn't really read much up on this to begin with. So I didn't realise this would be a sci-fi kind of spy thriller. I thought this would be a a straight-up action spy thriller. But it seemed that Charlie and the other agent have aged. So that's the first clue as to what's happening. It seems simple enough, right? It seems that, okay, so there's some, some weirdo tech, because Charlie calls out experimental tech. Charlie says as he's dying with a neck wound, uh, this was classified, experimental tech, massive energy source. Nothing else matters have to stop him so uh i I guess charlie realizes the gravity of the situation i mean remember those three didn't know anything other than they were just there to make sure no one leaves the building Um, but it's lynch that finds the movement within the building they decide to investigate charlie's figured out that something pretty serious is there and he's older so that's a first inkling into some sort of time displacement, some some, t- some sort of time shift. And then the very next page we get, and again, I've got to talk about the art. The art I love throughout. The colours are, are beautiful. The artwork is, uh, is you know, um, vintage shelvy, so we sh- shall we say. Um, but we get a hue of green, so we get this notion that this room is you know the lights are going off or something this we're in a very different environment as well um and the again to further to potentially further confuse um at the same time to reiterate what is happening we see jack lynch shouting out to the guy at the machine <clears throat> but it's a an empty word bubble and then by using that, uh, the next panel, you have Jack, uh, he stopped talking. There's no word bubble, but his voice carries. So there's something really weird there. I I thought that that's something to do with time shifting. Uh, further thinking, you know, the sound is traveling a lot slower than, than usual. I mean, the speed of sound is pretty quick. So all these kind of questions, something is happening. There's some sort of manipulation with this device. And again, it happens throughout these two pages. Jack says something, empty word balloon, but the words come later on. As he gets hit, he's saying, drop that. 
But when he says it, when the words actually come out, he's already struck by the knife. Um, so, yeah, then then just a whole heap of, I guess, silent fighting, which is really cool. Um, I like the whole, I've just got to say, I like the whole grizzled Frank, uh, not Frank, grizzled Jack look. Um, it's really good. I did note as well, um, so around this time with the interchangeable and this is one of the other points, the dual storytelling. So we get we get again like another clue from Shelby. And he, what, what he wants to do is to set you up with what you think you know. So in this case, you slowly come to realize that the other story in the past, which opens up the book, is probably Jack Lynch, right? Um, and one of the telltale signs as well is that he's got this huge scar that runs down the right hand side of his face from his eye to his his mouth you see that in the front cover like the the regular cover Declan Shelby's cover so you immediately associate okay this is Jack Lynch fair enough but it's a younger looking Jack Lynch so it's got to be in the past we're looking at his past maybe we're looking at how Susdal or how his family something that made him the way he is now, that's what you expect this story to be, but this dual storytelling isn't really like that because by the time you reach the end of the book, you get almost a melding of the stories. And this, again, this is what may cause massive confusions. Again, I had to kind of look back and I, I double-checked you know, what I just read and everything. So when Jack uh, is revived from the coma eight, eight years later, it first looks like that he's the old Jack. You know, it's a shot um, a bit far away, establishing shot showing him in bed with the two agents. It closes in on him looking in the mirror and he's immediately the young Jack. So you're kind of thinking, hang on. So this machine has done something to him. The clincher to me is towards the end basically the last page and hang on i should say as well that this scene in the hospital when jack has recovered from his coma in the space of three panels from one page to the next he's a young jack then he goes back to the old looking jack and he's also the jack with the scar on his face which could easily have come from the gash that he the young jack on actually i'm starting to confuse myself because the young jack at the beginning had a had the long scar already but um what i'll say is that by the time we get to the last page which is meant to be in the past because we left it with the young jack being shot by the sniper it's now the old dog jack and so this was a very big what the f moment (laughs) as well um around the last third i think of the issue was what the hell is going on um and we get the reveal again as i mentioned of his daughter uh whom he had mentioned prior earlier in the issue that his whole family was slain so there are many questions here as to what exactly is going on. Um, Is the young Jack 
and Old Dog Jack. Are they kind of like the 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 nega bands, <laughs> if I say, of Rick Jones and Captain Marvel? Do they do they swap positions in time and space? You know, so do we get the old dog Jack swapping with young Jack back in the past? Um, we get a glimpse of young Jack in the present, but then he reverts back to present day old Jack. Um, yeah, having said that as well, I guess what does that what does that mean? I mean, does he, is this what the machine has done, or are we looking at? It's just weird because it's not linear in in any way. Um, in the fact that you can't just say that the machine has affected him in this very rational, logical way that he becomes old or young. Okay, he does, yeah, becomes old or young. Well, how do you explain then that his past self in this incident, um, how do we explain that that is changed, interchangeable too? What is also a question is that if you if you do start thinking okay maybe because it it opens with undisclosed location undisclosed time so then you start thinking well maybe this young jack that we see in the opening maybe this whole kind of gambit of him infiltrating that building and trying to assassinate that german whoever it was official or some sort of politician or whoever Maybe that was in the future, or, or the present, sorry. And maybe that is, you know, th- maybe this is the Jack with already the aging, de-aging kind of power. Because he also has another one of the big points, I, I said he old dog healing factor. He is similar to, you know, you could say Wolverine or Deadpool in the fact that he gets shot across the face and his daughter makes mention that, and let me get it here, she makes mention that, um, uh, knew it, uh, he's talking about his face, she said knew it would grow back, all the wrinkles are back again. So it's a pretty substantial wound, uh, she's not too worried because she knows that he'll heal from it. Um, so he's gained some sort of powers, it's, it's really intriguing as to what it is. Because is this whole thing about him manipulating time? Does that mean the wound that he, he's got, it heals because he can reverse the time of... Can he compartmentalize or localize where he kind of changes his body? And the fact that does his wound heal because it basically... Can he fast forward that? You know, so it just fast forwards the healing um, factor uh yeah all these questions um very um very hard to know until until you guess to read the next issue and and i'm assuming that's what shelby is hoping to do to tease the reader to get them interested now i did say as well that there is the potential of confusing the reader with this because it is it's such an unexpected and for me an, an unorthodox and um a uh, unique it's a very uncommon way to write a story once you get into time and all that you know time travel and everything it can get really confusing if you really get into it um this is kind of 
that same thing. I mean, it, it's Shelby playing on the um, the theory of time and and how it works. Um, and again, it could be another subversion of of um, I want to say expectations of assumptions, a, 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 a subversion of assumptions that what we open with with the past Jack is actually the present day, and and maybe actually maybe the old dog that we see in the surveillance van we see up to the point where he talks to the the covert agency with the two agents maybe that's in the past you know so it's totally flipped the script in that way and for that i i would have to applaud it um i really did enjoy it i haven't talked enough about the artwork i think the artwork of course is absolutely superb the colors are great um there is a really nice uh I guess use of, for want of a better term, filters um, through the scenes. So uh, we get in the surveillance van the blue light. It's kind of that that kind of dull blue light, and that you get um, from computer screens. Dare I say in the in the van, and that's pretty consistent. Um, <clears throat> you get more of a, a warmer red, like dusk vibe, when you introduce with the young Jack as he kind of hops across rooftops and uh, in, in what is Germany, um, you'd, you'd assume, or, you know, Austria um, or Switzerland. Uh, yeah, and, and so that stays consistent as well. You've got your yellows and your reds and your oranges. Um, again, Shelby's artwork, you know, I just love looking at it. Um, and then when you go into the subterranean levels, well, it, it seems like subterranean to me when he actually goes into the building. It might be the basement level. And he finds uh, the dying and the dead team members. Uh, you get the green, which kind of <clears throat> evokes and, and ties in with the lighter green whites of the room with the machine. Um, so there's really a lot of thought. This double splash page of Lynch when he fires at the device and he blows it up with the masked person nearby and him nearby. Um, really cool. Um, the way that it conveys something weird or funky happening with the time. So you get these bands of, of um, differing hues of green, horizontal beams across. And you get this kind of um, fissure of, of a green blip um, at the center of the machine when it explodes. Just the detail of the machinery as it explodes as well. Really great to look at. Um, the action scenes were great. Um, it's just, I guess, as far as setup issues go as well, it just kind of has you wanting to know a bit more, um, which, again, I think is the, the whole point. Um, but, yeah, the artwork, I just wanted to call that out as well. <laughs> He's got a very, uh, and you know, if we are to look at, I can only talk about the stuff that I have read and influenced by as well. you got... It's a mix of, you know, Old Man Logan, Jack Lynch, and almost like Marv for me, because he's got that crew cut, Marv from uh, Sin City. Um, but just really kind of a really textured face. I love the fact that our protagonist is mostly like an old dog, like a really seasoned, um, kind of think of Garth Ennis' The Punisher, you know, Punisher Max, where he's... Well, he's probably more than 50 here. Like he's, he's looking like he's reaching 60, beyond 60. Um, I like that because it's just so different from, you know, 
the 90s and 80s action where they're just kind of buff, um, muscle-bound action heroes. Um, there's something cool about an older guy being able to do it. Maybe maybe I'm lucky in that because I'm an older guy now. <laughs> and when I was uh, a bit younger, I, I kind of enjoyed, you know, the, um, the alpha males doing their thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The artwork was great. Um, Layout-wise, uh, look, Declan plays plays with it as well. Nothing too broad. I mean, uh, they're just having a look. There's the, the, the lovely splash page. Everything is kind of concealed in um, in panels. Uh, there doesn't seem to be overlapping figures over the borders of the panels, which you see sometimes, or angular, or that much, or actually any angular panels. Um, they all seem pretty, like pretty straight, pretty horizontal for the most part. I'll say, um, yeah, actually mostly horizontal. They use the wide, the width of the the page um, to give you those um, kind of wide, flat panels, um, which were quite noticeable. But great stuff. I mean, I always love um, Declan Shelby's art. So really fun stuff. Um, I'm gonna have to then uh, give this a rating. And what I'll do, I'm going to give it a, a, a three-quarter moon, basically. Um, kind of, it's somewhere in between a solid round boy and a big, beautiful yellow man. Seven and a half out of ten. A good portion of that would be for, <clears throat> for the, um, uh, the artwork. Story-wise, it was, was quite solid as first issues go. Um, it did, obviously, leave a lot of questions that you kind of wanted to know. Um, I just... The only kind of, I guess, quibble would be that there is that potential to confuse the reader a bit too much with it, but I believe that's part and parcel with um, time, um, you know, time displacement uh, genre stories. You know, that's always going to be a factor, unless, of course, you're very straightforward going back in time, going to the future. Once you start playing with that kind of theory and the aspect um, you could potentially get a story that is confusing. Um, I, I will um, definitely give marks to Shelby for really playing with the the theory of time here. And by, as I mentioned, everything I've mentioned before, by really giving me what I hadn't expected. Like as I was talking through it, potentially, um, you know, the past scenes actually might be the present scenes, and the present scenes actually might be the past scenes. The fact that we don't know, I mean, like, that the, the, the aged and the youthful Jack Lynch seem to bounce between both scenes. You just don't know, you don't really understand what's happening. Uh, the fact that his family is apparently dead, but he clearly has a daughter at the end of it. Uh, the fact that he heals, all this sort of stuff. What, what the hell is Suzdal? All that makes for intriguing stuff, and and I'm on board. So I've given it seven and a half. I think it's a very solid first issue. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, I've been enjoying his time before time as well, which is again another time-based um, series, uh, but this is different. Um, and yeah, totally unexpected. I, I thought, as I said, I thought this was going to be a straightforward spy thriller. So with that. Fair loonies, uh, let's have a look at some feedback. We got one bit of feedback from our Facebook group, and a, a huge thank you and a shout out to Mario Digicomo or Digicom. I love that nickname, Mario. Uh, and Mario writes in as well. He said, Honestly, I wasn't impressed 
Uh, the parts that weren't painfully generic were somewhat incoherent, like exactly what happened to the main character. Decent art though. So Mario, I urge you to maybe have a reread, maybe in interrogate the issue a little bit more. Of course, full, full credit, if, if it's not your bag, then that's it. But that that was what I was kind of p- pointing towards as well. There's a potential to confuse the readers, um, and as Mario mentioned, to make it somewhat incoherent. Uh, for me, that actually poses questions. Um, the fact that you don't get what you expect, <clears throat> and it's not a straightforward tale. We're talking about something this this uh, experimental tech has happened something this is an unprecedented arms race uh, <clears throat> i have a feeling this agency is looking for like super powered people that can manipulate time but yeah i agree with you mario decent art as well yeah so the parts that weren't painfully generic i, I again i think they were meant to lead you down the path to think that this was almost tropey but the fact that it's for me for me it is very different um, so I think it's anything but generic. But anyway, I urge you to give it another go, Mario. Um, I think you'll be interested with what you find. Um, if not, um, fair play. That, that's okay. Um, but anyway, a huge thank you to Mario and to anyone. And look, it's not too late. If you are interested or curious at least into this uh, really different tale, drop us a line. Um, there are discussion threads in our social media platforms. Well, that pretty much wraps us for tonight. Thank you for joining me. Apologies, I am going to have to edit the hell out of this. I have been coughing. I don't know, it could be the dry air. It could be from what I'm kind of recovering from. But thank you so much uh, for joining. Uh, yep, yeah, I really do um, recommend you give this a go. Um, but yeah, uh uh, tell us what you you think as well. I'd be very interested. I'm always happy to chat. Next phase, it looks like we're <clears throat> back on a Lunar Pick Classic Run review. So, fingers crossed, um, I will hopefully have with me the likes of one of the top-tier Petronies, Daniel Doing, with me, uh, creator of Fringe Night. Uh, and we'll be looking at the next volume one from Moon Knight, which I believe is volume uh, is sorry issue twenty two. Um, go check it out. I'll drop. Uh, I'll post up a discussion thread. We can get the discussion going for that. Uh, uh, once again, a big thank you to all our Petrunis. Um, a shout out to the likes of Odin, Daniel, Drew, Frank, Justin, Derek, Wayne, Josh, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario. Matthew and Jonathan. And you too can become a Patroni if you check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Our principal sponsors again, Odin Odin Sword. Go check out Drinking Marvel Podcast. He and his brother do um, some fun work there, just chatting about Marvel. Frank the Think Tank, who you've heard last week, uh, he's got a, an awesome new podcast, I Want to Fight It podcast, with his, um, with his nephew, Pablo Candy Bar very fun stuff go check it out they've got their facebook page uh, and group as well as uh, mentioned before uh coming co-host daniel doing uh please support his creator owned superhero uh, series fringe night on patreon.com slash fringe night 27 we also have tombs on soundcloud um or lurk music on bandcamp go check out drew's fantastic work 
which reminds me, I've got to tap Drew for something, hopefully. Uh, we'll see how we go with that. Uh, you can support his stuff on soundcloud.com slash tombs or lurkmusicwithack.bandcamp.com. Uh, CLZ Comics doing great stuff there. Uh, they're now partnered with Cover Price to give you um, up to, up-to-date up market prices for all your comic book collection. <clears throat> Go check them out on collectors.com. And finally, Dreamland Comics, use the code MOON to get 20% off their online store. Loonies, I've got to get out of here. My throat is really itching. It's very uncomfortable. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Hopefully, this has been um, entertaining and useful. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, go check out Old Dog by Declan Shalvey. A big thank you, a big shout out to our collective members. Go check out all the shows there. It's all in the show notes. And you can contact us on the links provided in the show notes for email, Facebook, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. All right, I'm going to go, going to get a sip of water. <laughs> thank you once again. And with that, may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Right on.